0: Welcome, and thanks for joining The Journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio and the creator and host of The Journey podcast and website. I'm on a journey to yes as I follow the Lord's leading in this season of my life, and I hope to inspire others to step out of the boat like Peter and walk on water, never looking to the left or right and getting distracted, but rather fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. My hope is that you find Jesus in your journey as you hear about my journey and the journey of those in the Bible who joined Jesus along the way. I pray that you allow him to meet you where you are and trust him as he takes you where he wants you to go. Enjoy the journey. Well, welcome to episode 34 of The Journey. Today's episode is a Bible journey episode, but I would say I could even say it's a combination between a Bible journey and a side road along the journey, because while I'm talking about someone specific from the Bible, I'm really taking away two separate verses at the end of the story. that really are more of an impact for us today and not so much talking about just the person um, in which the story is actually about. So today's Bible episode is from John 4 and it's about the Samaritan woman. Today's episode is uh, a little different in the fact that I usually have a transcript of sorts in front of me that I've spent time as I've done my studying and my research and I kind of go off of that transcript and today I really felt like I'm just supposed to read the Bible passage, uh, which is John four one through forty two, and yes, I know that that is a lot of scripture. Um, and then commentate along the way. And like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Samaritan woman and her story as I'm reading through. But I'm really gonna just focus on a couple highlights at the very end uh, that I think makes a big impact for us today. So let's just dive right in and start reading. Today I'm reading from the NLT version, and it's my favorite version of the Bible when I try to read scripture or talk to people about things. It's just, I feel it's super relatable and kind of broken down in a way that makes sense to my brain. So that's where I'm going to hang out today. So John 4, let's start at verse 1. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way, and eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and said to her, Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So I want to pause just there for a second because, so it's noontime and this time of day, it's a pretty unusual hour for a woman to be out, especially to be out alone uh, typically women came out earlier in the day and they came in groups. Um, so we've got this scenario where there's this woman who is alone at noontime and Jesus is also alone at the well. So perhaps maybe she was a social outcast, shunned by other women, so that's why she was traveling alone. We don't know that those details yet. We're about to find out some things as Jesus reveals them to her. But um, this is where we find ourselves. And so it says, The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So Jesus is a Jew. She's a Samaritan woman. They don't really have things to do with each other besides the fact that he's a man and she's a woman. And that also is something that doesn't happen is just to openly have a conversation with them. So he says, she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So again, I mentioned it by tradition, a rabbi would not speak with a woman in public, uh, not even his own wife. So it's unusual that a Jewish person would ask for a favor or a request, especially from a Samaritan woman. Uh, so that's why the request really surprised the woman, because she didn't know who she was talking to. And so it was a man at noontime. She was alone. He was alone. And so we find this kind of kind of I don't know that it's an awkward encounter, but just a surprising encounter. So then he says, uh, give me a, give me a drink essentially. Like, and she's like, why are you asking me for it? And he said, if only you knew who you were talking to. And so some people imagine that, um, you know, I think some, sometimes we forget that when Jesus came to earth, he was fully God and fully man. So he he was thirsty. He was tired. He was, he was hungry. And it even says that Jesus tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. So he was thirsty. And so I think sometimes we forget just how human Jesus was when he came to to earth and he, he had needs, physical needs, just like we did. And so when he says, you know, can I have a drink? He is really thirsty, but in asking for this drink, he knows he's about to have an encounter with this woman that's going to change her life forever. And so We see this is this is how it goes on. It says, uh, Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. She goes, but, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring inside them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir," the woman said, "give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get your water." Again, I don't. I don't think that she is understanding at this point what is transpiring between the two of them. Uh, Jesus entered into this conversation knowing that. What he knew about himself, right, and and knowing what he had to offer her, and so he made her curious about these things just by talking. And she's like, "Wait a minute, if I ne- I never have to come here and get water again, like, yeah, give me, sign me up for that. That's what that's what I want. I want that." And so that opens this door to this conversation that we find leads to what I'm going to really focus on at the end. But it, it, he says, "This go and get your husband." Jesus told her, "I don't have a husband." The woman replied. Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Wow. Okay. So now he had an in with her because he asked her for water. She's saying, You know, why are you asking me this? He's saying, If you only knew what I had to offer you, you would be asking me for living water. And This opens the door to, yeah, like, I want that. So he's going, all right, I got the in, so let's have this conversation. So then he begins to tell her about herself. And so it it starts with, go get your husband, which is not a strange request. Again, I mentioned that women don't usually travel alone. They usually are in groups. And in public, you don't have conversation with women. And so the conversation would have been more appropriate if her husband had been present. So that's kind of the backstory there. And so when she says, I don't have a husband, he's like, yeah, you're right. You've already had five of them and you're living with somebody else. Then he's kind of calling her out. And so Jesus brings up this kind of embarrassing issue for her, right? Because this is, this is a sinful issue for her. And that's why I said at the beginning that potentially she's an outcast or she's shunned from other women because of her lifestyle. And so this woman has to decide um, at this point, you know, what is she going to do with, the information that she's just been given. And this is what she says. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim? Sorry for butchering that if that's not what it is. Where our ancestors worshiped. And Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman. I love that. I'm gonna just pause for a second. Believe me, dear woman, he's not he's, he's not criticizing her, bashing her, judging her for the information that he just presented her, he, he loves her and wants so much for her to experience this gift of eternal life that, you know, he, he just, he just simply says, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming." Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Again, so she's thinking at this point, he's just a prophet. Somehow he knows about her lifestyle and and what she's done with these five husbands. And she's currently living with someone who's not her husband. And so she still has not yet tuned into the fact that she's literally talking to the Christ, right? Talking to Jesus himself. And so he's got to go a little bit further instead of just he's kind of dangled this carrot, right? Like, ask me for living water. I'm going to tell you all about yourself. Okay, now I'm just going to just put it out there. And he says you know, this Christ is coming and he will explain it once he gets here. And then he says, I am the Messiah. So at this point he's revealed himself, but the disciples come back and they're shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? So now we've got the disciples coming back again. We've talked about this cultural kind of norm and expectation for men and women and in public. And so They didn't say anything, but you can imagine they're surprised at this interaction and what's going on. And then this is what it says. So Jesus had this interaction with this woman. He announces who he is to her. The disciples come back, interrupt this moment. And immediately it says the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Well, first of all, he just told you he was. And so now she's like, wait, he said all of this to me. He's He said all this to me and he's told me who he is. Is it possible that this, in, this is in fact who he is? It, it was such an impact for her that she was like, I got to go t- tell everybody else about this and they have to come and see for themselves. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were t- saying to Jesus, Rabbi, you've got to eat. And Jesus says, "I have I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Again, this is going back to that living water, right? this living water, drink of it, you'll never be thirsty again, eat of it, you're never going to be hungry again. And so the disciples say, did somebody bring you something while we were gone? And Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You have been sent, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around, the fields are already ripe for harvest. All right, so he's had this intero- in an encounter with this woman, this woman leaves to go tell everybody about what she's experienced and to invite them back. And then the disciples who've been traveling with him for a while and should understand what he's saying, but not. So he's going to explain it to them again. Listen, I'm telling you, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits the planter and the harvester alike you know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you get to gather the harvest. This is so true for today. I believe it. It is a message for us. Wake up and look around. Wake up and look around. The fields are ready for harvest. It may be a seed that someone else has planted along the way, but it's going to be your opportunity to get that harvest because wake up, it's harvest season. It's time to go. It's time to go. And so this woman has an encounter. She leaves the water jars. She went for water. She got way more than she expected. She leaves her water jar. She runs back to the village. It doesn't say she just kind of walked back, meandered back. It says she ran. She ran back to the village and she says, you have got to come see and hear what I just experienced. So in this moment, when this woman is gone, Jesus is having a, a heart-to-heart with the disciples, and he's saying, listen, open your eyes, it's about to get real. You better, you better be ready to go. You better put your feet to the ground and start running, because the harvest is ready. Wake up. And then this happens. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. When they came out to see him for themselves, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days long enough for many more to hear this message and to believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because of what we heard ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And that's where I want to stop. And this is what I want to focus on. She left. This woman had an encounter with Jesus. He told her everything that he knew about her and it wasn't comfortable information right it wasn't it wasn't anything that she was willing to air out on her own she didn't just come up and be like listen i've i've had five husbands i'm living with somebody i shouldn't be so you shouldn't be talking to me she didn't do that he shared with her everything that he knew about her and then she's like you have to be a prophet and then he says i am the Messiah, the one in which you're saying is going to come and explain it all to you, this that's me. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, you need this everlasting, this water that you're never going to thirst again. She was so impacted by the fact that he knew this about her and she wasn't offended. You know, I think about interactions that I've had with people, even recently that I've had with people where I have shared some things with them that I felt like the Holy Spirit was was saying like, hey, you know, let's let's give a little bit of a warning here. And people have an opportunity when you come in love to share some things, whether they accept it, even if it's hurtful, not hurtful, but like difficult, difficult information. They can accept it and do something about it, or they can pick up an offense and do something about it. And so this woman didn't, excuse me, didn't choose to be offended. This woman chose to go tell everyone about it. Now, she didn't go tell her business, but she said, listen, this man just said everything that I have ever done. You have to go see him. You have to see him for yourself. And what I love is that it said, many Samaritans believed just because of what she said. They didn't have to go here for themselves. It was enough for them to go, I want that too. And I believe just like you do. Because if you've had that encounter and you've had that experience and we know who you are, we have to believe that it's true. And then on the flip side, then there are others who are saying, Now we believe, not just because of what you said, but because we've experienced it for ourselves. And I have to believe then that those people went and told people who went and told people who went and told people. And that's why Jesus said to the disciples, You know. Four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ready for harvest. And it says, you may do the planting, another may do the harvesting, or vice versa. Someone else may have done the planting, you have to be ready to do the harvesting. We have to be ready in season and out of season. And there are people like the Samaritan woman at noontime who are desperately thirsty, looking for something, and they're going to get their fill of their quote-unquote water from the well again. And they're just waiting for someone to come up and say something to give them hope, something that helps them understand that there is more to this life than this mundane, in-and-out routine of, in which that they're living. And so I want to encourage you today a couple things. Be like the Samaritan woman who was open and available to this conversation to have an encounter with Jesus that made such a lasting impact that she had no choice but to run and tell others. Or be like the people who were on the receiving end of that message, right? They had a choice. They could have been like, hogwash, get out of here. I don't believe you. But they didn't. You have two options. You could be like the first ones who hear and believe just because of what she said. Or you can be like the ones who heard and then went and experienced for themselves and then believed. Either way, they were believing. So which of those do you want to be? Or we can be like the disciples in this case who have been living and walking and talking with Jesus. And it's just their everyday routine. They know him, right? But yet, wake up and be ready for harvest because it's time. It's time. And so I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you are the, the Samaritan woman who is dry and thirsty and just desiring for something more, and you're open to an encounter with Jesus. Maybe that's you, and I'm praying for you today, that you would have that encounter and that you would truthfully understand the love of Jesus. Maybe you're like the other Samaritans who heard and believed. One, because she said it and two, because they experienced it for themselves. Maybe you're like the disciples and you're, you're being told today, like, open your eyes and wake it on up. Check around you, look around you because the harvest is ready. Go do the work. Maybe you need to be the one planting seeds and trust that those seeds are going to be watered and taken care of by someone else. And someone else will get to see the harvest, even though you were the first one that did the planting or flip side. You need to be ready for the seeds that have been planted long ago, months ago, years ago. And now that person, whoever it is, is ready for you to harvest because you're in the in the relationship, you're in the position to pour in and to do the work now. Because those people are going to end up being like the Samaritan woman who's going to have an encounter with Jesus, who's going to go and share it with somebody else, who's going to go and share it with somebody else. And we don't want to miss, we don't want to miss the opportunity to have a Jesus encounter And share that with somebody else because you never know who you're going to run into who is in a desperate position to just have an impact and to understand the love of Jesus and to just be in a position to receive every single bit of it. As I sign off on this episode of The Journey, my prayer for you today is that we would find for all of us is that we would find ourselves in situations where we do have encounters with Jesus and we immediately run to tell others about it because we know the significance of what Jesus can do for us, and we, de- we desperately want that for everyone else. My prayer is that we would begin to open our eyes and truly be, have the eyes and the ears of Jesus to see every person around us as he sees them, as he hears them, to know their hearts, to help them understand that Jesus is the only way, that he is the hope, he is the light, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that Everyone who comes to the Father, right? Everyone who accepts will have this eternal life. And that is the ultimate reason why we're here is to spread the good news, to ad- advance the kingdom for his glory. That's why we're here. And so my prayer today is that if you're the Samaritan woman, that you would hear this and that these words would fall and that you would accept and receive Jesus today and that you then would turn and run and share your story. And my My prayer is that if you are the Samaritans who are hearing, maybe, maybe this is just enough for you to be like, okay, I believe now, or "Ah, I got to, I got to do a little bit more on my own. I got to go find out, go to church on Sunday, talk to somebody that, you know, find somebody that you can be like, Hey, so I heard this story about the Samaritan woman who went to this well. And Jesus said, you know, drink of me, this living water, whatever, help me understand that. Find somebody so that you then can have the encounter for yourself and you can believe. Or if you're the disciple, I'm praying for a boldness and a courage to go and do the work, to see the harvest that's right before your eyes. Thanks for listening to The Journey. I'd love to connect with you and hear your story and how you are journeying with Jesus. You can go to my website, liamenzi.wixsite.com the-journey. Click the contact tab to connect with me through the form. Email me at liamenzi at gmail.com or check me out on Instagram and send me a private message. Until next time, journey on.